This show is sponsored by BetterHelp Therapy Online. When life gets challenging, it can be difficult to stay in problem-solving mode. Instead of focusing on the negative, talking with a therapist can help you stay on higher ground. Visit BetterHelp.com allies and learn to focus on the positive. Hello, welcome to the Easy Allies Podcast. I'm Daniel Bloodworth coming to you from Los Angeles, California, where hopefully our heat wave will end soon. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Nope. Uh, no, it's supposed to it's supposed, uh, to, it's supposed to like uh, rain we might, this we might get rain. We got it's supposed to rain, rain with the hurricane. We're and then get we're the getting the equivalent of Santa Ana winds is gonna make it even hotter than it. Oh yeah. Last time a hurricane what hit, they said it got hotter. I've been watching, but we'll see. Bring it on, baby. We'll find out. Bring on the heat. Get this apocalypse going fast. Yeah, where's the mega flood? I'm yeah. waiting for this. Make the apocalypse happen faster. <laughs> yeah. Just get it over with. Put us out of our misery. Uh, this week, I'm joined by Isla Hink. <laughs> Hi. Michael Damiani. Yo, can we react to the hurricane? I'm going to be reacting if, if the roof leaks, breaks more this stuff. This is true. We've been I got several roofs I'm worried about to d- now. Just determine whether the roof is fixed. Yeah, we haven't known if yeah. the roof is fixed. Huber was going to be here, but was not feeling well. So He got a tummy ache. Best wishes to Huber. We're, we're going to delay reaction shots. Okay. That, that won't matter. Ab. Never mind. That's fine. That's <laughs> Don't fine. Worry. Good for people to know. Midnight yeah. tonight, Huber will feel a lot better when Cobra Kai drops. Mm. The game of the show. So, season oh. show. Let's game go. Of the loyal. I don't game. think they actually put a date on the game. Um, and in the control room, we've got Don Casanova making everything happen, and Gabby doing work. <laughs> <laughs> she gave a peace sign for listeners. We're here to discuss some of the biggest headlines in video games this week. Uh, the back and forth over Call of Duty's future continues. Splitgate's devs are wrapping things up to work on a sequel, and we're going to talk about some beat-em-ups. Uh, but before we get started... We need to choose a workout, buddy. Woo! Friends, we're in the process of training our custom character, Don Romantica. That's D-A-W-N. Each week, patrons submit video game characters for Don to work out with, raising her stats with every session. It's up to us to choose the right workout buddies to get her into shape for the adventures that await her ahead. Last week, we chose Roxas from Kingdom Hearts, who sparred with Don in a struggle match, then took her out for salt ice cream, giving Don plus one swordsmanship and a temporary minus one constitution if Don is lactose intolerant. How do we know? We're about to find out. Oh! So first, we have to find out if Don is lactose intolerant. Isla will roll. I am lactose intolerant. <laughs> okay, I don't know what the rolls will signify. Is the name of this character Don? Don? D-A-W-N. Don. Sounds like you're saying Don, though, not Dawn. <laughs> You're not, we're not even going to figure Just letting out. you know. Dawn Romantic. It's pronounced Dawn. 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 That's the W. Yeah, Dawn. he's Dawn. She's Dawn. 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 Four. We got a four. Dawn is not lactose intolerant. There you go. What? Dawn. Was it just like above three or something? Yeah, above three. Uh-huh. <laughs> See, I thought above three would be lactose intolerant. 
Never mind. <laughs> Don is just in yeah. there screaming There's about something. There's some sidebar going on right now. Right, right. <laughs> we can hear you through the walls, Don. Okay, sorry. It's, did you hear the difference there? Don, Don. I already There's understood no the difference. For any I already person. understood the difference. Okay. Bloodworth doesn't get it. Okay, okay. <laughs> I'm on your team, Don, Thank for the you. first time ever. <laughs> in any case, she's not lactose intolerant, so here are this week's potential candidates. From VA Dave, Doc from Punch Out. I got it. Doc from Punch Out. Oh, okay. Uh, the activity, we would uh, go under the night sky along the New York City riverfront. We'd be sweating it up in a pink sweatsuit while Doc rides alongside on his bicycle shouting encouraging words. Catchphrase, join the Nintendo fan club today. <laughs> mm-hmm. From Mighty Omega. Famed galactic warrior Samus Aran oh my God. has countless skills she could pass on to Dawn. However, she has deemed one more valuable than any other. The secrets of the ball. Ooh. Never underestimate Ooh. how useful it can be to slip into tight spaces or sneak out of sight by simply curling up and rolling around. You'll have to book a separate lesson to learn how to plant bombs, though. Oh, okay. That's hard, yeah. Yeah. And our third option, from Son of Sparta... <laughs> Ichiban Kasuga from Yakuza Like a Dragon. Uh, the workout would be collecting discarded cans from the streets using a bicycle, <laughs> working up a sweat while keeping the environment clean and making a little bit of money on the side by selling the cans. Ichiban's catchphrase, will oca- he'll occasionally shout out Dragon Quest, at which point you'll take a break to play some Dragon Quest with him, learning the true meaning of bonds and forging an everlasting friendship with him. Did Huber write this? You, you can yeah. tell I picked this stuff. With <laughs> Huber, yeah, yeah, Huber was in We got the bait. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, no, with no, this crew, I feel no, like I know. Blood was a little self-indulgent, though, with, <laughs> yeah. with the Metroid. But uh, I'm surprised. You can't hear d- the Dawn difference, but uh, you, you definitely hear the difference in, in Samus, Aaron, and Iran, right? <laughs> sure. Ooh. Okay, good. Just making sure. Now it's getting notched up to a whole new level. This is intense. But yeah, I mean, all three are great, but yeah. I gotta go Samus. Samus like, for Isla. Balling up? Yeah, the, the secrets God of the ball. Dude. That's pretty good. Yeah. I okay. understand you don't get the, the, the power bomb, but, you know, just being able to do that. But I do have to question, balls are good, but, like, Samus still won't be, won't be able to crawl. Sure. So that's a problem. Crawls, well, not balls. Samus yeah. doesn't mean that. Don. Balls, not yeah. crawls, I guess. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's a Don, good slogan. Don potentially still can. But uh, making some extra money and playing Dragon Quest, you know, that's, uh, that's very tempting, too. Hmm. How do you make money playing Dragon Quest? Well, no, no, making money and, pl- like, oh, do I pick oh, up oh, the oh, cans on the bike? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Don, do you, do you have a pick? Well, Damiani decides. It's pronounced Dawn. No. Was, did I need to pick yes, one? Yes, you need to pick one. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I didn't know Doc that. from Punch-Out, Samus Aran. Or Ichiban Kasuga. What am I oh, thinking? I'm just Ron picking Aaron. any of these characters. <laughs> Samus or Ron. Okay, Whatever you want. Samus. I don't care. Sure. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what's going on, but I'll pick Samus. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. He was out All right, last that's week. two. Uh, yeah, I'll stick, with, I'll stick with Samus, too. Okay, so we're going with Samus. That gives Don plus one to flexibility. Don. Whoa. Flexibility. Don or on. This is a bonkers character. Yeah, so now our stats are plus one strength, plus one swordsmanship, plus one flexibility. This is a dream lady. Thanks to everyone who entered a candidate. If you want to submit a workout buddy, become a patron at $5 or above, and watch out for the love and respect post, which I usually put up each Monday or Tuesday. 
Dawn is on her way to the locker room, and now we must answer for the mistakes we made in last week's episode. <laughs> Dawn, begin corrections music, please. Boom. I said Halo Infinite launched November 15, 2021. It did not. Oh my goodness. It launched on December 8th. It was the multiplayer beta that yeah. launched in November. Yeah. And while you could argue that that's a soft launch, we're discussing uh, campaigns and features and everything. Uh, things getting delayed. Uh, so the full re- December release date is what we should have referenced. Very uh, disappointing. I got caught by Google on that one. Oh, really? Google threw me off because you you Google right. Halo so, and launch date, right. but there's big date up there. Yeah. Uh, so date. we're passing right. the blame to Google now. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, mean, it's still my fault, but I, yeah. I, the machines are there to help us, but we have to fact check them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, there are three Mercedes-Benz carts in Mario Kart 8. Oh. The GLA... The W25 Silver Arrow and the 300 SL Roadster. You can also get GLA tires for use on any cart. Mm-hmm. Uh, we asked how well Quantic Dreams games sell, but yeah. someone pointed out that other developers also hire them for their motion capture studio and expertise, okay. uh, including uh, Ubisoft, Don't Nod, Arcane, uh, From Software, and more. That makes sense. I mean, that that was sort of what I was th- theorizing is that they've. They're good at some other tech thing, and that's why they're valuable. Yeah. I mean, they're super and that's good. What like, yeah. Remember oh, those, yeah. Like, Visually amazing. Back yeah. In the day. yeah. What's her name? Kara or whatever? Kara, yeah. the robot one, was so good. Uh, we also wondered whether Under the Waves was the first external game uh, for them to publish. Uh, they also published the Switch version of Sea of Solitude, uh, which was published by EA on other platforms. Quantic um, Dream did? Yeah. Huh. Uh, and they first announced that they would start publishing games from smaller studios in 2020 uh, when they signed Dustborn uh, from Red Thread Games. Uh, but that game is actually still on the way as well. Mm-hmm. If you have a correction, uh, leave it in the YouTube comments on either the public version or the Patreon version of this podcast. Uh, use the word correction uh, so I can find your comments and leave a timestamp so I can remember what the heck we were talking about. <laughs> and corrections music. Boop. All right, the the big thing, the back and forth thing this week, and the, the past few weeks actually, uh, the the Call of Duty exclusive debates, um, and uh, basically what's been going on is with the the Activision Blizzard deal. Uh, there's a lot of regulators uh, going around uh, questioning how this is going to impact competition, how it's going to impact the industry. Uh, people concerned that it's going to adversely affect Sony if Call of Duty became an Xbox exclusive. Um, and there's been a lot of talk about it. And uh, we talked about some things that Phil Spencer said last week. Um, he was basically saying, like, hey, you know what? It's going to be it's gonna be fine. It's going to be like Minecraft. You know, we're just going to put it out there. We're not going to keep it to ourselves. It'll be everywhere. Jim Ryan, this week, called him out. <laughs> okay. So that's not the deal we were sent. Basically. Oh. Um, so yeah. So basically, uh, uh, Phil Spencer had told The Verge that uh, we provided a signed agreement to Sony to guarantee Call of Duty on PlayStation with feature and content parity for at least several more years beyond the current Sony contract, an offer that goes well beyond typical gaming industry agreements. Um, and then uh, this week, Jim Ryan told uh, GameIndustry.biz, I hadn't intended 
to comment on what I understood to be a private business discussion. (laughs) But I feel the need to set the record straight because Phil Spencer brought this into the public forum. Microsoft has only offered for Call of Duty to remain on PlayStation for three years after the current agreement between Activision and Sony ends. After almost 20 years of Call of Duty on PlayStation, their proposal was inadequate on many levels and failed to take account of the impact on our gamers. We want to guarantee PlayStation gamers continue to have the highest quality Call of Duty experience and Microsoft's proposal undermines this principle. And while we don't know the exact details of the Activision agreement, uh, it sounds like it covers the next three games, including the one coming out this year. Mm. Uh, So the math puts the combined agreements to like 2027 uh, would be... Assuming one game per year. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so it's like Phil... Putting this in the public forum to then pass the buck to PlayStation, like if they don't like the deal, then Microsoft can be like, well, hey, we were being really nice. We gave him this deal. And then Sony said, no, I don't know. You know, it's like, is that the game he's playing? Sounds kind of like it, maybe. Yeah. Well, I mean, if the, if the negotiations weren't done yet, that's kind of weird to talk about them. Right. Well, they're. Again, this goes back to the regulators, right? Like it's it's Phil is trying to assure the regulators yeah. and fill the broader or, uh, and appeal the broader audience to say like, hey, hey, no, 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 we're not. It's, and it's funny because it all all revolves just around Call of Duty. Like they're not making any promises about Diablo or Overwatch, oh, yeah. and, and like nobody even seems to be. It's because Call about of Duty that. makes like precipitously <laughs> more money than all of those things combined. Right. I feel like um, Damiani, yeah. Yeah, I, I guess does, does, is Phil doing this because, from their perspective, they want like in perpetuity to have access to Call of Duty. I think they just you know it sounds like he's just protecting that interest and that no amount of years afterwards, like eventually, we will not have Call of Duty or like, you know we won't have the same access. Oh, Jim Ryan, you mean? Yeah. So it's from, yeah, Jim Ryan is. I heard this. in there yeah. too, like we want. We want our exclusive map deals. We want our exclusive window deals that we, they've oh, had before. Oh, true, yeah. Like, because they've always had... It's been like a tete-a-tete where it's like, this year, PlayStation got the exclusive thing. Well, it went generationally. Year, so 360 yeah. had all of that stuff. Right, 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 right. PS4 got it, So, yeah. like, I wonder if that's part of it, too, where, like, Microsoft's wording somewhere implies Sony won't get, like, perks. It's just, like, you get the game and the maps, and we'll do all the special stuff yeah. ourselves. Uh, it's, it sounds like they're losing that stuff yeah. or will be losing it at some point. And when you have Phil Spencer saying that, oh, we're going to treat it like Minecraft, but like my, Minecraft is ubiquitous at this point and probably will be ubiquitous ubiquitous forever. Like it'll be everywhere, but like that won't necessarily be Call of Duty because they internally, it sounds like Jim Ryan and their team know how many years they have on that PlayStation, like that deal. And it's like after that, it will change. Whereas like Minecraft, like you're good at like you're treating that like anyone can have it. Everyone gets all the content and the cash will keep flowing. So it's like, you know, it's affecting their bottom line. It's one of the biggest things. I mean, they draw they bring in a lot of like digital sales as well, like their storefront. I mean, how many times we've covered that like. You know the storefront, PlayStation storefront brings in so much money, yeah. like percentage-wise. So like a lot of that has to be attributed to yearly Call of Duty stuff as well. So I think they're just looking at their bottom line, or like in Jim Ryan's, it's like, yeah, no, like you can, you're trying to be like the hero here, it's sounding good and like appeasing, but like from a business, you're gonna be screwing us over. That's the thing that's weird though to me is like if you own Call of Duty, 
don't you just make more money if it's on more things? Well, that's one of the things that Phil has said, but I, I think I think the Jim Ryan point gets back to yeah. is this idea that like, well, if they own it, right, then the the deal is the limitation of what we can really count on, right? Yeah, it's like Phil can have all the intentions in the world. Yeah, of he can say whatever he wants. Yeah, yeah. Right. yeah then yeah, the yeah. next guy will just yank it. Yeah. Exactly. And like uh, GamesIndustry.biz pointed out, you know, like they were, you know, they weren't really saying anything about Bethesda's games going exclusive until the right. deal was done. And yeah. now all of a sudden it's like, oh, okay, now we're starting to see that's, some of these big games. That's a good point. The ink isn't even dry yet. On the Activision thing, right? right. Well, that's the, that's the point. Is the regulator, regulators yeah. are trying to decide whether they should be allowed to buy Activision. Yeah, right. That's why these arguments big. are coming up. And maybe that's why Jim Ryan is like putting a little wedge in there too, like trying to sully the deal or something. Yeah. Well, I think, this is some nasty level, like high high level business shenanigans. Yeah. I, this stuff was already happening, like behind the scenes. Yeah. But now it's been brought up, you know. Yeah. I've seen succession. Stuff. Yeah. I know how, I know how <laughs> nutcase this stuff gets, you know. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it's just, it's it's crazy to think of like it doesn't even really matter what the intentions are because it's like the, the ramifications are so huge. Yeah, it's also weird that like we know who these guys are. Mm-hmm. Like we know what they look like. I can picture them right. both in my head. It's like they're they're like pseudo celebrities in the gaming sphere, and that's kind of weird of business people. Right. Like I don't know. That's just kind of interesting that I can picture these guys doing these weird shitty business things <laughs> yeah so far it felt like all these like acquisitions were kind of like oh everyone's nice we're all playing happy right, together right. and this is like the first time i think it's kind of spilled into the public about maybe behind the scenes like it's not all it's not like all, everyone's yeah. not happy like there is some like either you know displeasure with like possible arrangements and again you know i think phil was also just angling phil spencer was just angling to you know PR spin. You know, they're just yeah. trying to put yeah. the positive spin on here. Obviously, this hasn't been, as you said, the ink isn't dry. It hasn't, like, you know, who knows when if it will ever close and when. But, I mean, they have to start selling that up for, like, the, their 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 products and their services. So, they're getting it out there. And, obviously, it's, like, twofold. It's, like, as you said, Jim Ryan's, like, maybe this is, like, will raise some red flags to, yeah. you know, the regulators. But also to consumers, it's, like... Uh, yeah, like you're you can't have your cake and eat it here too, bud. Like right. this is, yeah, you're not you don't get to like play like the you know the hero here. You're really like taking away ac- potentially access from some people down the line. I don't. Yeah. I think everything will end up working out. I think probably Sony's just unhappy about not being in the driver's seat anymore. Right. Yeah. That's really what this is yeah. about. Yeah. yeah, I mean, and Damiani, Sony's no no stranger to exclusives. Yeah, I know. Yeah, you know, I mean, like what? How, they, how many Final Fantasy games? Have they had exclusive? How many? Uh, well, they Street Fighter Five is you know, and, and a whole lot of other stuff. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's done that. I think even with Final Fantasy, though, I mean, it was a big deal when that broke exclusivity with Sony when it went to thirteen, went to three sixty as well. But again, it can't touch like Call of Duty. I think it's just the size, the scope of Call of Duty is so huge, and it's just very important to them. And again, yeah. Sony, I mean, yeah, but you could flip the script a little bit and be like, yeah, Sony, you're getting taste your own like medicine, but like they all like they all have been doing this they for for a while. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's like to me, I don't have like 
a horse in this race. It's just like, yeah, it's business people doing business things. And it's like, cool, as long as, some, as I can play a game and it's like not like trash quality and it's not micro transaction to death or gotcha to death or whatever, like I'm happy at the end of the day. But it's this, kind of funny to think yeah. about that the game release schedules and the like business dealings are they're not unrelated but they're kind of exclusive of each other where it's like these games they're going to keep working on them right. they're going to come out roughly when they're going to come out if this deal is done or not will that impact that like who knows like well and as you mentioned like if it's if it's not exactly a year it's about if it's not about years if it's about how many games right. yeah and if if microsoft says hey let's slow down on right. Call of Duty releases or, or the other way around. Or know. let's put out three really shitty <laughs> Call of Duty games right. real quick and uh, then yeah. that counts, you know? Yeah. Uh, also, again, last point, uh, blow to like Sony's marketing. Call of Duty has been a huge part of their right, marketing right. and their brand awareness, so yeah. they will be losing that as well. Or at yeah. least, again, not able to have full control over that, that, that language and that, and then the, you know, Approach. But but here here's the question, Damiani. So so beyond the fact that like everybody merging together is bad in a general sense, right? Um, isn't Microsoft getting Call of Duty making them more competitive? Because Xbox is like losing. It's the underdog <laughs> yeah. worldwide. Yeah. You know, like it's you know yeah. it's maybe not a gigantic gap. They're doing fine. And Microsoft but is Microsoft, obviously a company, bigger company. Yeah, that, yeah. So that's, yeah, that's, that's where it gets weird. It's like as a division, yes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, as my, a console, yeah. yeah as, as a, a company, no. Yeah, <laughs> it's just different things. And honestly, that phrasing might be turned on its head when we look at it from different angle of like service-based revenue. Is maybe Microsoft ahead in service-based revenue versus like units sold? Like mm -hmm. that metric might not be as valuable yeah. down the road either. So the landscape's always shifting with that. But at the same time, I think to a layman right now, yes, like Microsoft is like trailing behind Sony PlayStation, has been for last gen and this gen. It's like, oh yeah, but I mean, it's like fine if they get it. But I, I also think a lot of people just won't care like we won't even think about it that way like to us we, we we think about that we recognize yes like this might help microsoft you know get an edge it might move more systems and hey in those monthly mpds they might be neck and neck again and like that forces them to be more aggressive and like usually competition leads to better things under capitalism right. or something whatever well, and it's yeah. not like it's not like uh sony doesn't get a piece of the pie anyway because yeah. like correct me if i'm wrong but i believe they own blu-ray technology and like those are in Xboxes, so they get a few cents oh, per the, unit. You know? Yeah, I think that, yeah, they probably, they're probably part of a group. But, yeah, uh, yeah. I, I, my understanding was that it was like Philips was HD DVD and Sony was primarily mm. Blu-ray, but maybe that's not right. I think that's right. Yeah, so yeah. it's like kind of funny that every unit moved. You know, Sony gets a little sliver of it. Too. Well, and Sony just got Bungie, right? To Mm. So they've got they've got Destiny, and so it's kind of on the, again not as big as Call of Duty, but it's sort of the similar thing. It's like, well, right now they're keeping Destiny on everything, but right, you know, what if Sony decides to uh, to retaliate? Well, especially with that, maybe <laughs> is Destiny ending the storyline? Does that have to do with the acquisition? Like, who knows? Yeah, like I don't think so. I but doubt it's it, but never to know. Think, to think through all these things, also five years, long way off. That's when the story ends. No, I mean the, uh, uh, you know, potentially when the Call of Duty contract, oh, oh, yeah, current contract yeah, yeah, would yeah, end. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, Assuming one game per year, yeah. yeah. It's like, could that be leverage from, like, Xbox to be like, hey, put Game Pass on PlayStation so that your players can keep playing Call of Duty? Ooh. (laughs) Ooh. Of course, in five years, you know. It's like, who knows? Who knows? It'll be it'll be 260 degrees Fahrenheit outside. <laughs> we'll all we'll all have evolved gills in our elbows from the radiation, you know. So who knows what we'll be playing on? Yeah, yeah, like the Samsung TV thing starting yeah. up, you know, and they've got like four or five yeah. different streaming services going on yeah. there. L.A. will be six feet underwater, <laughs> you know. Yeah, I guess you were right, Blood. Actually, Sony is just a part of a founder group, actually. So it's For Blu-ray? Of, yeah, it's an association of companies that actually okay. yeah. Sony was maybe yeah one of the larger ones. I thought they were, yeah, the bigger part of it, but yeah, who knows? Yeah, it's called not committee, but something. Yeah, same thing happened with DVD. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just yeah. a C, I forget the word. Um, Commission? Coalition? Coalition sounds close, but I don't think it's it. <laughs> Cabal? Um, not collective, but uh, I think... The get but again, average person just wants to be able to play their game wherever they want to play yeah. on any platform. So taking it away access is an issue. But like this is kind of maybe a little, like it's now just like a like cable companies and stuff back in the day, right. where like oh you like gosh. you don't have this programming anymore. So like your <laughs> thing about not having like put Game Pass on PlayStation, right. I think these like, it's just going to lead to different negotiation tactics these companies will have to use because at the end of the day. It's better for both of them when this stuff is available everywhere. Yeah. It's just who's getting a bigger cut of what and not interrupting that, uh, that that flow of content to the average consumer because they, at the end of the day, don't care as long as they get to play their stuff. But you are right that, like, if it's not going to, like, if they're really just, like, trying to, like, arm themselves up for, like, oh, we need to be have better exclusives, I mean, this is what they have to do. They, they, they have to go out and gobble up these, like, big, like, keep trying to outpace each other because, obviously... Sony was always constantly winning when everyone had the same like third party titles on both platforms. Like the first party exclusives were like not doing it for whatever reason. Not no comment on like quality or anything. That just like you know, since the three sixty generation, PS4, PS5, it's just been that. And then before that it was like PS1, PS2. It was just like they really have dominated with that. So Microsoft really has to try and do something else. And like these are just steps they're taking, I think. A to like be more competitive, like future proof as well. And right. Yeah. This is just stuff they need to do, and unfortunately, just the way things are going. But again, as long as people get their games on time and play them, and they'll be happy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, smaller uh, dev news: uh, the devs of Splitgate have basically announced that they're they're ending uh, primary development and moving on to a sequel, uh, and essentially the game is. Still been in beta. Uh, I was going to say, did that game even come out? Right. So it's, <laughs> it's not that old. It's certainly. essentially le- leaving beta on the 15th, but here's, uh, here's the details. Uh, last Friday, uh, Splitgate developers 1047 announced that they are transitioning to a new project in the Splitgate universe running on Unreal Engine 5. Ah. So it's basically a technology issue. Engine bump. Uh, the upcoming season, releasing September 15th, will be the last major iteration for the title. Uh, and if you're not familiar with the game, uh, Splitgate is basically like Halo plus Portal. Uh, it's pretty fun, actually. Yeah, we did a stream cool of it uh, last year sometime, I think. But yeah, I, th- I think it, it, it hit really well. It's a smaller team, but a lot of people like in the like early access alpha phase like, really gravitated to it. blew up like gigantically. Yeah. Um, I mean, back in the day, a game 1.0-ing meant 
it was out and that's it. Right. So it is kind of funny that like that is so foreign now. The game has been out for like uh, probably about two years or something. I don't right. know the exact date that it was first available for people to start playing. It's just so funny, yeah, that it's yeah. changed so much. Um, they've had some good holiday events, you know, and like I think in some ways like they've really like kept their player base happier than, than Halo itself has. Oh, sure. <laughs> you know, still not on the same like scale, but I think there's a lot of people that are like, playing Splitgate. Saw Halo Infinite came out, played it, went back to Splitgate. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, and uh, but uh, from their from their FAQ, uh, we will be removing the beta tag when our final season releases on September fifteenth. But internally, we are not considering this the big worldwide launch we plan to celebrate. <laughs> um, and huh. uh, from the press release. Uh, after careful consideration and much deliberation, the 1047 team has determined that in order to build the game that fans deserve and to build it in a way that isn't trying to retrofit our existing game, we are turning our attention away from iterative smaller updates and going all in to focus on a new game in the Splitgate universe, which will present revolutionary, not just evolutionary changes to the gameplay. Uh, Splitgate will remain online and supported for our dedicated community who have been the backbone of our studio from our earliest playtests on PC. Our community means everything to us, and we can't wait to share what's next with them. Man, decisions like that, especially as a smaller studio, have to be so nerve-wracking. Like, you're risking fewer players in your current game with a hope to, you know, make a bigger, better, badder thing to get a bigger, wider audience, you know? And it's like, that could backfire in any number of ways. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I don't envy that kind of decision-making. We've had to make choices like that around here, too, but nothing, like, probably like that. But, like, ugh, it stresses me out just thinking about it. Right. Be like, being like, do we abandon this game? How do we phrase that in the press release? Like, <laughs> we're not celebrating a big launch, but we're not giving up, but we are giving up, but we're moving on. It's just like, ugh. Stressful, yeah. man. <laughs> I feel like they, yeah, they, they really have seem to believe in this new project because generally I feel like you'd go the opposite way, kind of like what Among Us did when they were going to mm, sequel. Right, and they're yes. like, oh, wait a second. Why don't we just consolidate on the thing that's right. successful and stick with that instead of potentially trying to make everyone all the issues you're talking about? Like, let's not risk that. Yeah. So they clearly have something that they believe in and think will be like have greater potential so it feels it might not be quite as analogous but from like the cursory talks we've had about like Overwatch from my understanding is like like Overwatch Overwatch 2 it's like we want you to move on like we're like we want it like we want you push this but like, like then given yeah. the given the fan reaction to Overwatch 2 yeah that's, where it's just like, should this not have just been an update? Like, yeah. an expansion? Different like, context. why have you done this? I feel like there's different context there, absolutely. obviously, and everything. Yeah, so, like, this, and you're saying it, it's going to be on Unreal Engine 5, yeah. you know, and this provides new opportunities for them. I mean, just from, like, a tech and visual standpoint, it could stand out more and, you know, get picked up in, like, presentations and be a little bit more of a standout. So it just gets more exposure. So Migrating between yeah. Unreal Engines, to my very limited understanding... Isn't too impossible. I'm so not I sure wonder... what engine Split Eight currently is. Yeah, on if now, it wasn't so... on Unreal Four, then yeah. Yeah. So who knows? Yeah, but I mean, they said like a new project in the universe is like, is it even going to be the same type story? of game? Yeah, is, is it, like, it a some... campaign? Yeah, that's and what I was thinking. You have to imagine they're going to take things that worked well in the existing 
uh, not oh, still beta right now. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, and work that into the new project as well as like whatever new things they want to try with that. So, I, you know what? It can make sense. I don't know what it's running on currently. It's running on Unreal Four. Okay. okay. So Thanks. I don't know if they would really be hampered by that. Like some developers, yeah. maybe they're on an old engine. It's like we've hit the limitations. Of this yeah. we have grand ideas. We cannot get it to Obviously run. Obviously, it's not yeah. something you just. Click a button and it's perfect, yeah, but right. like it's not impossible. I would imagine, well, particularly yeah. when the game's currently live. Too, yeah, that true. That pre- yeah. presents stone problems. The other thing could be like it's how small the team is. It mm-hmm. might just be yeah. too much resources to even do that type of transfer job. Like, well, let's just do a clean slate. It'll be somebody just did their math and homework. Said it's just easier for us to start a brand new project and try and transfer all this over to Unreal yeah. Engine Five. And again, same reasons. They might have different ideas that uh, Unreal Engine Five will allow them to do, and they want to try them out. I don't remember if Splitgate, I'm trying to remember if it has in-game purchases. I don't remember. I don't remember them either. Yeah. Because yeah. I'm like, will the game still earn revenue for them as they're working on this new one? Yeah, like, well, I think it knows? will. I mean, it sounds like, you know, this this new update is, it, it is a, it's a beefy update for sure. Okay, okay. Um, and it sounds like it's built to, like, keep things running while they're not adding anything else. But, okay. Uh, yeah, because yeah, I always worry with, Oh, sorry. I was just going to tell you, Isla, that it does have it's, okay, it's okay. split coin. Split coin. Split coin. Oh, my God. <laughs> that coin. sounds like such a cryptocurrency. Oh, my God. But, yeah, I mean, like, it, it is such a gamble to, like, does does a press release, like, how what percentage of your audience do you lose with a press release like this? I guess none, because most people don't look at press releases right, besides right. us. So anyone listening to this podcast, tell us if this makes you not want to play Splitgate anymore. Yeah. Um, but as, yeah, at least you know you you still have this big new thing coming out next week. Yeah. To, to dig into. Splitgate is cool. Yeah. It's a cool game. I actually would love a um, a campaign in that universe. Like thinking of an uh, polished Unreal Five SP- FPS where you're portaling. That'd be awesome. Like against enemies, uh, AI enemies. That'd be really cool. And of course, obviously, that would have an iteration of the multiplayer in it too, probably. I think that would be really cool. Yeah. Yeah, so it really sounds like it. they want to make a bigger, better game, and they can't do that while also thinking about how to keep adding maps and everything else. It makes sense uh, if your team yeah. is small, for sure. Yeah. In uh, more financial crazy news... Yes! <laughs> uh, Ubisoft is basically using Tencent <laughs> to fend off takeovers. <laughs> They've been trying to find a way to... They've been, people have been trying to hostile takeover Ubisoft for, like, decades? Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> it's, it's, like, insane. It, it, it's been... I, I don't know all of the different instances, but uh, Vivendi was back in, yeah. in 2018, and they It's, like, almost comical. Yeah. And who yeah, who knows who else has, has knocked on those doors. Uh, but, yeah, they've been trying to, you know, do strategy after strategy um, to make sure that they stay in control as a company. Uh, and... Uh, and the Guimau family. Yeah, it's a family, right? Yeah, uh, in, in particular, yeah. And so um, here's essentially what they're doing. Uh, the long story short is that Tencent is investing in the Guimau Brothers Limited, which in turn gives the family more resources to invest into Ubisoft. That is hilarious. <laughs> so they're getting a cash infusion from Tencent to just invest more in their own company. 
Right. That's so funny. And then let me pull up the the details. Uh, but then yeah, does like Tencent get a nitty gritty like, here? Yeah, like what is Tencent? Yeah, does Tencent get a cut of Guillermo, the Guillermo like take home or something? Like this is so weird. Yeah. Uh, well, one of the things is Ubisoft is going to be work, you know, doing uh, PC and mobile games for for China. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so the transaction details: uh, Tencent acquires a forty nine point nine percent economic state uh, with uh, stake uh, with five percent voting rights in Gimo Brothers Limited. So it's like they basically like n- no say, but Wait, a little a 50% bit. Fifty percent stake with five percent voting <laughs> yeah. rights. That seems weird. Ten cents investment uh, amounts to three hundred million euros, uh, two hundred million euro uh, share acquisition, and one hundred million euro sh- capital increase. These at, days, that's like one hundred fifty million dollars. At an implied valuation for Ubisoft of eighty euro per share. Uh, in addition, Ten Cent is providing the Gima Brothers uh, Limited with a long-term unsecured loan to refinance its debt. Alone. And provide additional financial resources that can be used to acquire equity in Ubisoft. Gimo Brothers Limited uh, remains exclusively controlled by the Gimo family. Tencent will not be represented on its board of directors and will not obtain any consent or veto rights over the business. So wait, was the forty nine percent share in Ubisoft? No, that's in, in the Gimo Brothers. Okay, yeah. okay, okay. And now here's where the the, <laughs> the Ubisoft impact comes up. Uh, so this is the expansion of Ubisoft Founders Concert. The Gimo family concert with respect to Ubisoft is extended to include Tencent. The expanded concert may increase its stake to 29.9% of Ubisoft's capital or voting rights. Within this limit, Gimo Brothers Limited and the Gimo family may each increase their equity ownership in Ubisoft. Additionally, Ubisoft's board of directors has authorized Tencent to increase its direct stake in uh-huh. Ubisoft from 4.5% to 9.99% of the capital or voting rights. Mm -hmm. Tencent will not be able to sell its shares in Ubisoft for a period of five years, and beyond will give the Gimo family a right of priority, and will not be able to increase its stake in Ubisoft beyond 9.99% of Ubisoft's capital and voting rights for a period of eight years. Wow. Uh, as a result of this transaction, Ubisoft's governance will remain unchanged, and Tencent will not have any operational veto rights. Wow. <laughs> they yeah. just slayed him. From my understanding, that sounds like a very good deal for the Gimo family. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah. But the, nine point, the 9% stake up from 4 is that's big money. Like, that's good stuff for Tencent. So they're not completely getting fleeced, I think. I mean... Again, I'm not a financial uh, yeah, I, I, like, yeah, wizard. I, I don't know all the ways that it. Yeah, like, like I understood it's for all me the to words you said. How Tencent benefits yeah. as much. Well, they're getting they're doubling their their yeah. share. So yeah, they're getting the shares of of a company that you know theoretically will will turn around. That's in a couple the, of years. Hence yeah. the time limit. Like hence you can't back out on this because you know, this deal could impact the the stock too. So it's like, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I I feel overwhelmed as well. <laughs> sure. um, like I need like it's a, hard to wrap your head around. Yeah, like a lawyer, someone to like times. just like break it down and be like, what's brass tacks with this? But uh, yeah, it seems like they're playing like the long game in terms of it. It's a long term investment. You know, yeah. we help them turn around. We're gonna get increased profits from them, and over this amount of years, you know, turn a profit, and then as you alluded to earlier, potentially like new. Business relationships potentially in ten cents, like you know, home market or in other worldwide markets where 
they could partner with Ubisoft, even though they don't have a way to force them, it would be beneficial to both parties because it just improves both their bottom lines. Right. Well, and it's yeah. it's in keeping with both both parties like general strategy like Ubisoft wants to keep it in the family Tencent like you were saying last week I think yeah. just loves to invest you know 9% in everybody yeah. and like just wants to own a little bit of everybody's pie instead of Embracer uh, or whoever who wants to own everybody it's just right. a different yeah, yeah. tactic yeah it's, 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 Tencent has purchased studios sure but yeah they have a lot of smaller investments yeah. all over the place yeah. yeah it sounds like What's it called? Diversification or whatever. Oh, like yeah. You invest mm-hmm. in a lot of stuff. Also, I wonder if there's just maybe like how their size, just in general, again, going off the Call of Duty story, um, just regulators taking a look at them, like smaller things don't raise as many red flags exactly. or eyeballs. It's like, this is fine. They're not taking ownership. They're not even increasing like, you know, powers, govern- government shit, powers or whatever. <coughs> Excuse me. This man's coughing. <laughs> this I, man's coughing. I choked on my saliva. This man's coughing. <laughs> choked on my saliva. Um, yeah. L- likely uh, story. A likely story, yes. Um, yeah, sorry. Uh, yeah, it's just like less scrutiny for them, yet they're still doing good business. And I mean, that's why, like, portfolio. the richest companies in the world, you know, like the biggest acquisitions and stuff, I don't know. I've never heard of them. You know, right? Like the the big players are more like Tencent, like than Microsoft or the companies you've heard about. You know, they do big razzle dazzle deals, but like there's so many companies just doing business stuff where they own eight percent of everything, and you're just like, oh, okay, like cool. You're the richest thing that's ever happened, Qualcomm or whatever. <laughs> like, okay, great. Um, but yeah, the basic uh, conclusion that they put, uh, that Eve said here. Uh, the expansion of the concert with Tencent further reinforces Ubisoft's core shareholding around its founders and provides the company with the stability essential for its long-term development. I pictured yeah. I pictured him saying that li- while literally like counting money, <laughs> like right. sitting on a throne of money. It's like, this uh, increases the concert of the Gimio family or whatever. But it just, yeah, yeah it, it just feels like just this insane 40 chess yeah. kind of in my head because... It's like, okay, so the way that we're going to not be acquired is we're going to sell the company that has the percentage of the other company. But they built in that yeah. Tencent can't sell right. for that period. So, like, you know, the if you'd make a deal like this with the wrong person, mm-hmm. they buy 5% and then sell that 5% to Vivendi or whatever for double. Right. And then you're hosed. But that's why they built that in there. But also the loan... You know, they got to pay oh, that back. Some of Tencent's prior ownership came from that failed Vivendi. They, oh, I'm they, sure. They bought that stuff off of it. I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, that's, yeah. yeah maybe, maybe their, their, their goals are like running into the ground so they can then take it over. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Not well, really. I mean, that's the, that's the interesting thing, right? Is like Vivendi wanted to take it over and Tencent is just like, no, we'll just passive income. You know, we'll just give you a loan and take more percentage and whatever. We don't care about voting. Like, whatever. Yeah. Do what you want. Make the games shorter, maybe. <laughs> yeah. doesn't sound like they care about getting involved in anything directly. Just yeah, give us more, like, big shares, but, like, not bigger voting rights. So it's just like, give us more money. You know, we just want the 49.9%. It's like, yeah, we just want, like, a lot of money from you. That so. is the kind of wealth, dude. That is, like, the dream of wealth to just be like, nah, yeah, I'll just invest in you. Whatever. Like, do what you want. 
I just want a piece of your pie. Yeah, I just want like, like 20 I don't want to do anything. Yeah, can I just get twenty percent of the common fund? <laughs> yeah, just like yeah. No, nah, here's 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 thirty million dollars. Whatever. Just I don't know. Give me six percent. Yeah, and I'm we'll sure we'll see it never. I wonder if this like deal even like is like a dent in ten cents, like oh, in yeah. a war oh, chest. Like, ten yeah. cent. This is probably like who yeah. knows how many millions, but yeah, yeah. But I think you know the the good news at least is it will help Ubisoft from being swallowed up by somebody else. Uh, What's so funny is that about that is like I don't care. Sure. Like I don't care who owns Ubisoft. I mean, <laughs> like, yeah. Ubisoft it's not like they're making great decisions all right. the time. I was going to say yeah. like or honestly, that they're managing themselves uh, very well. Unfortunately, yeah, it feels like maybe like a change of management right. might, be might good. actually have been like, good. So get it out of the family yeah. maybe. Like, I get the yeah. balance of they make original games. No one's telling them what games to make. And from yeah. average perspective, like I like not me personally, but like the average is like I like getting my Assassin's Creed games every year, but or every two years. Like I want to keep getting these types of games, whereas or Rainbow Six games or whatever. And then you know, then we have people who pay a little bit more attention. I like guess like yeah, but yeah. it would be nice if they like maybe treated people better over there right. and like. But I think this had like a had nothing to do with this. Probably also why Tencent wanted like agreed to. All these things, it's like, yeah, we don't want any direct involvement. Like, if something goes bad, it's that's like, true. it's like, yeah, we had no, that's we had true. no involvement. We're pulling, like, plausible yeah. deniability. Yeah, like you guys, hey, we don't have voting rights. Yeah, we didn't do shit. Hey. So, yeah, <laughs> I mean, and that's the thing too is like, well, I don't voting think voting rights, but not veto rights. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. But like, I don't think Vivendi was trying to buy them to like, you know, help the workers. Yeah, of course. <laughs> you know. Yeah. You want to trade my voting rights for your veto rights? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. what's better? Yeah. Probably voting. I don't know what's better. I vote for this. I veto it. <laughs> Veto's just like an anti-vote, I guess. Sometimes I wish we had those for Game of the Year. Ooh. <laughs> Last party. Yeah, anti-votes. Yeah. <laughs> I proposed them. I proposed oh, an anti-vote. I did. I proposed it before. It didn't go over well. It, didn't, it got shot down. But it's an interesting turn, considering all the the acquisitions that we've seen. Aquas. Yeah, yeah. The, it just makes it sound like Ubisoft, unless they're just in the direst of straits, they're not going to be one of the ones. They could be reading a headline about that yeah. some company bought them up. It's yeah. just they're not interested in that, and will do everything within their power to not end up like that. So right. yeah, it takes them like off the table. You'll probably read a headline like Guillermo. Guillermo why do I always say Guillermo? Guillermo. I'm just thinking about Del Toro all the time. Yes, it's okay. The the Guillermo brothers, like the headline you'll see is like that they've gone bonkers and locked themselves in the factory and like have cans of gasoline or something and then go down with the ship. I don't know. They seem a little nuts, is my point. <laughs> it's those rabbits. It's the rabbits. They've been mainlining rabbits. <laughs> Straight to the veins. Uh, what the hell are uh, talking about? We've got more news to come, but if you've been enjoying this show so far, please take a second uh, to like and subscribe and ring that notification bell. It helps us out and it helps you to stay connected. And now, a word from our sponsors. Now, a word from our sponsor, BetterHelp. I sometimes focus on problems instead of solutions. It's easy to focus on the negative instead of accentuating the positive. As the old Andrews Sisters song says with mm. Bing Crosby, you got to accentuate the positive. It can be hard to train your brain to stay in problem-solving mode is what I'm saying. Because life is hard and it throws things, weird things at you all the time. And a therapist 
can help you become a better problem solver, making it easier to accomplish your goals, big or small. I love having a therapist. Uh, it is, I would say, necessary for life. I think that everyone should have a therapist. They have helped me through getting bullied in middle school, uh, dealing with depersonalization, dealing with my gender, dealing with the deaths of both of my parents, dealing with relationship stuff. It's essential to talk to somebody uh, and not feel so alone and to help them. They help you help yourself, you know? Also, not every therapist is a perfect fit right away. So many people I know talked that I talked to, I'm like, you should have a therapist. And they're like, oh, I tried it once, it didn't work. And I was like, you just had the wrong therapist for you. Shop around. Which you can do on BetterHelp. It's actually really easy to just look, find a new therapist, switch. You can talk online. Uh, you don't have to be seen if you don't want to. You can do texts or calls. It's very nice. Uh, if you're thinking about giving a therapy a try, BetterHelp's a great option. Convenient, accessible, affordable, uh, entirely online. Get matched with a therapist after filling out a brief survey and switch therapists anytime. When you want to be a better problem solver, Therapy can get you there. Visit betterhelp.com slash allies today and get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash allies. 10% off your first month. Give it a shot. This episode is also brought to you by Chime. What goes great with a summer vibe? How about a checking account with no monthly fees? Every time you get a fee, it's like losing out on an ice cream cone. I mean, I guess those fees would be pretty great. Like, I don't know. Yeah, fees are like three bucks. An ice cream cone is like three bucks. It's like a cool breeze. Chime. Refreshing way to handle your money. With no monthly fees, no maintenance fees, or minimum balance fees. That's how banking should be. And when you need access to your money, you can do so fee-free at more than 60,000 in-network ATMs at many locations like most Walgreens, 7-Elevens, and CVSs. You can also send money to anyone, even if they aren't on Chime. Fee-free for you, and no cash-out fees for them. Chime! No monthly fees, no vibe-killing fees. Signing up for a Chime checking account only takes two minutes, and it doesn't affect your credit score. Get started at Chime.com allies. That's Chime.com allies. Chime is a financial technology company, not a bank. Banking services provided by and debit card issued by the Bancorp Bank or Stride Bank NA, members FDIC. Out-of-network ATM withdrawal fees apply except at MoneyPass ATM in a 7-Eleven location and at any AllPoint or Visa Plus Alliance ATM. Other fees such as third-party and cash deposit fees may apply. Get started at Chime.com allies. That is Chime with an M dot com slash allies thanks and if you are a patron of easy allies thank you i'm gonna throw a curveball we're gonna swap oh isla don swap what the oh, hell get out here <laughs> you're the next guest on easy allies podcast <laughs> why are you bringing me in here i haven't played this game blood it's fine. All right. We're talking about more about this game. I was hoping I was going to get to play Plinko. 
We got a Plinko board in the other room. Mm-hmm. Could we play Plinko blood? I got a swap for you. <laughs> we can do that. I can send Gabby to it's grab the lucky loot board. Uno reverse. <laughs> it's never been done on the podcast. Uh, Cobra Kai 2 Dojo's Rising uh, is coming this fall with 28 playable characters. Got a new gameplay trailer. Uh, downside, as Damiani pointed out, is this $49.99. Ouch. <laughs> Just about full. Wait, is it forty nine or fifty nine? Okay, 59. so it's forty nine ninety nine for the standard edition. The Nemesis edition Nemesis is fifty nine ninety nine. That enables you to play as any of the five enemy boss characters in oh, no. the All Valley Tournament mode. No, sounds worth it. Actually, so you go to the mat with Hammer, Bow, Gabriel, Skeleton Lord, and even Terry Silver. It also adds a bonus jukebox feature, jukebox feature, so you can listen to your favorite tracks from the game's original score uh, by composers Zach Robinson and Leo Berenberg. John, is this your water? Did we switch waters too? Oh, shit. That's my water, yes. I think. In here is your water? Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> That's my water in there? <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Did you just drink mine? No, I, I was asking first. Okay, you have one. Sorry to derail that. Sorry. The curveball threw me. The, the, the key features, 28 playable characters, as we mentioned. Uh, special skills. Choose your dojo from Eagle Fang, Cobra Kai, Miyagi-Do. Uh, recruit and train new students to take into battle and dominate your rivals. Uh, they've got the Owl Valley Tournament. Uh, they've got the story mode. Uh, Don, you're a little high there. Um, and then... Crush your enemies is a bullet point. I don't understand. Uh, but uh, they list some locations. They talk about collecting chi and coins to improve skills. All this stuff. Damiani, you had reactions. Give me give me some reactions. You played this with Huber. Yeah. So, Huber's not here, unfortunately. Uh, obviously, being a big Kokai fan with Huber and playing through it um, definitely carried a lot of the enjoyment with that. Um the it was a competent I'll, I'll say competent brawler um and you know huber huber loves brawlers beat-em-ups and um it was cool to see the location see the characters from the show uh a little long uh the campaign for yeah, the that's first the one takeaway i got out. this game's crazy long a little drawn out <laughs> so at least for the price it was like maybe they're trying to make sure you get mm. your money's worth with that um but it was like a kind of like a side scroller side-scrolling beat-em-up. This one's like 3D, like a little bit more, um, I don't know, like free-roaming a little bit, but I gotta say, I feel bad that Huber is not here to maybe like defend, because he thinks it looks okay, I feel like. I thought the animations did not look very good. Mm. I thought they looked very cheap, looked very stiff. Um, they talk about all these modes and content, like that sounds pretty good. Um, having like the three different dojos, which is like what we're going into in the new season, having like these three dojos kind of like going head to head against each other. Um, large cast, love that, like 28 characters yeah, you said. That, that like that's excellent. Yes, like I don't want anyone to be left on the sidelines there. Like bring everyone, including hopefully they got uh, bad boy Mike Barnes showing up as well. <laughs> Give a shout out for Hubert yeah, for Don, that one. Don, do you watch the show at least at all? Uh, no, no, I watch okay. like, I only watched I think a season and a half. Or something. You swapped <laughs> him in there for nothing. I know, we're not done, we're not done. We got more. Okay. It's pronounced Don. <laughs> Damn. Um, yeah, uh, that price, it's, yeah, I, I have some concerns and stuff, so we, 
you know, Huber and I will pr- definitely probably give it a shot. Uh, but I think um, if it's not any better than the first one, I think, you know, maybe not quite a full playthrough will be in order. Sure. Like, yeah. because the whole thing with the first one is you play through one perspective. You either played as Miyagi-Do or Cobra Kai, and then they wanted you to go back through the campaign mm. through the other perspective. Got it. And, uh, and do that. And it had, like, some, like, competent stuff, like, with the combos, unlocking the abilities. Like, they had, like, the the the, the, the talent trees and stuff like that to, to unlock stuff. And we had some fun, like, learning new moves and abilities and, like, using those on bosses. And bosses were kind of funny. <laughs> There's some fun boss battles. I'll give it that. They were, like, amusing boss battles. But this one, because it looks like it's trying to be, uh, like, a little bit more ambitious it just doesn't seem like it's nail- like pulling it off just as well. Mm. I think the first one was able to kind of like mask some of its shortcomings, um, but yeah, this is a little too ambitious and doesn't look like it has like the resources needed. It, it feels sadly like it might be trying to capitalize and cash in on that uh, on that popularity of that series, but potentially like that might have been a like huge license fees might be trying to recuperate those costs from the license fees the developer i don't know what it is but yeah it's kind of a i hate I, I, well they also have the time crunch too yeah right like to try to get that's it out always there saying yeah, like with, that's the thing yeah. license games are generally not very good because they have a very hard deadline to make and they'll tell everyone just like cut corners cut that content just get it running with no major bugs so we could get it out there and ride that uh, ride that momentum, that hype wave. And I, again, I feel bad because I feel like Huber might say some more positive things about this um, from his perspective. But yeah, it's hard to see it as anything other than it's probably going to be underwhelming, unfortunately. Any any, any counter know, thoughts? I know any nothing kind of about no? this game. I no, haven't played fine. the first one. Yeah, yeah that's I fine. Played either of them, and but I'm not invested in the show. Don, did, so. you yeah. do play a lot of beat 'em ups. Yes, yes. Do you think we're we're in in a beat 'em up revival? Do you think this is a point where I would love to say we are, but I can't say we are. Obviously, we don't had, think we are. Well, I think we've had some of the most wonderful beat 'em ups ever. I mean, we're obviously Streets of Rage and Turtles, recently being revived in marvelous ways. But as a genre, to say like it's going to be a new golden age right now, I don't know. Just because uh, the titles that have been brought back in major ways are titles that just had so much love and nostalgia with them that it's just something that like fans were waiting for and so they're executed perfectly that's great however there's been so there's been some other ones final vendetta for instance was one recently a lot of these that are just flying right past people's radar because it's like if it's not a known loved franchise from the past it's i think just not on people's radar and one of the reasons the biggest obstacle probably the genre has is just the joy of playing those actually together couch co-ops yes. is such an important thing. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like we're not ever completely going back to that place of where it was when they were in their heyday. So I think that is a big obstacle in terms of like cause generating like a bunch of new like you know beat 'em up brands that are not already based on something that's beloved. So. I would love to say I hope we are entering, but in some ways we are. I mean, we've got to be so grateful for a couple of these ones that have come out recently because we've had a lot of great beat-em-ups released in the last few years. But uh, I don't know. You know, Turtles should have gotten a 94 also. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's another. That's a tangent. But that's that's the thing, though. I mean, do you think these... (laughs) Not from... I'm saying uh, Metacritic. Metacritic. Uh You know, we we, Uh we played... Shredder's Revenge, we played, you yeah, know, some of those original Shredder's. Turtle games and like 
You know, like, do you think that it 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 really shows the contrast between a modern yes, beat em up versus what we thing. Now remembered? Me, right. I think that is important, and that's the crazy thing about these release schedules, Damiani. Do you think if the Cowabunga collection came out a month before? Shredder's Revenge. Shredder's Revenge actually would have been reviewed uh, by, uh, by and large, like overall, more positively. I think 100% it would be. Like it would have a higher. I think it could have been the opposite. I, I think really? people might have played these and like, you know what? These things aren't. They're not as good but as I remember. So I don't yeah. want to pick up this new but one. But that's the th- well. No, but I'm talking about the critical reaction to it. Mm-hmm. Maybe it wouldn't have sold as. Who knows? Blood. Right. Exactly. Maybe it would have hurt the commercial success. But I think critically it would have made a big impact because people would have been reminded. I was really familiar with a couple of these old ones, but even going through the Cowabunga collection, I was like, wow, like the refinement on on Shredder's Revenge is like even more impressive than I remembered how much they integrated of every part of those old games. I had really forgotten how many like similar things all the different version of the Turtle games did, and then the fact that they included... I mean, you knew they had all the characters and locations and all that, but there's just a million tiny little details about it. And the feel, too. The overall feel of all those games is very similar. That slippery kind of, you know, thing you get into. Yeah, but, uh, I think so. that's actually one of the biggest things that's improved, right? Yeah. It, it is the the hit feel. That is perfect. Because we, yeah. we were playing the first Turtles games yeah. those arcade games and like am i hitting them or not oh, i'm not sure the first arcade game yeah it's like oh. i played that in the arcade actually a couple Hit months stop. ago and i was like yeah i had forgotten how loosey-goosey this thing feels you get in the zone after a while obviously but you know yeah that's uh that's a good point like you mean like hitting enemies not enemies hitting you yeah right, right. Yeah, 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 yeah okay yeah, yeah that makes yeah. sense um i Maybe in a little bit of guilty of this like but i think maybe too many people were like over analyzing the order um, I don't know how much it really would have made a deal sure. which came out first. I, I don't think it would have had drastic changes on both critical reception really? and or sales. I think they were probably roughly going to sell what they were going to sell. I mean, I think people are still, you play Shredder's Revenge first and you play Cowboy Collection second, you're still going to like probably draw the conclusion one way or the other, oh, they weren't as different, you know, maybe Shredder's Revenge didn't do as much, or yeah, it really did. Like, I think, you know, you play in the other order, you're still going to see it that way. I don't think it's going to like necessarily paint you in a kind of yeah. biased way, like paint your biases a little I bit. I don't yeah. know. I mean, I really feel, but when I played Shredder's Revenge, I loved it, but I really was like, wow, I had kind of forgotten this is, but you know, even though they added a lot, it's like a very simplistic fighting game in many ways. Even Shredder's Revenge that added so much, just that series right. was very simplistic as a beat em up, but. Honestly, going, yeah, I don't know, going back when I saw really how extremely basic some of the stuff is on the old games and just how well they incorporated everything, the entire feel of it, so accurately refined it in, like, a better way than I thought. And I loved Treader's Revenge the first time I played it. But after Cowabunga, I, it, like, went up even higher in my book. So I don't know. But you don't think so? <laughs> no, I mean, I... I haven't played the Cowabunga collection yet, so I can't compare. Okay, play it. See what you think. You <laughs> might be surprised. Be, I was yeah, surprised. we will be playing it oh, very okay. soon, yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, you know, with the, obviously, like, with the arcade games, yeah. you know, like, the replayability just comes down to, like, well, I've got a couple of quarters, and let's see how far I can get, right, until you get to, like, what was it, Leatherhead or somebody that was just, just like, oh, the, so anni- yeah, annihilating yeah, us. Leatherhead in the arcade one is annoying. Uh, but, uh, so easy on the Super Nintendo one. <laughs> right. <laughs> But what do you 
what do you think makes for a good replayability in a, in a beat 'em up in a home setting? That's the th- for a beat 'em up. Oh, is like that. It's like a, so much as the camaraderie of who you're playing with because it is a okay. very like I don't know in my opinion. It's a like beat 'em ups. A lot of times, especially longer ones, it is like even the very good ones. It is like I was saying earlier, kind of a meditative, kind of like trance type of thing you get into because it's like even within the whatever systems they have of upgrading the characters and even the more complicated beat-em-ups, it's, like, still a very repeatable kind of methodical thing that's just, you're, like, you know, and so that side-by-side fun of the person you're with is, like, a big part of the experience for me. I don't know. Um, They did have, like, the individual leveling for the characters, unlocking characters. Like, Mm, I think that helps. Um, But to channel Huber, because he's told this to me several times about Streets of Rage 4, like, just having, like, you know, the character progression and unlocking new characters, unlocking new moves on them as well uh, makes you want to go back and play, but also the support the game got. Mm -hmm. Uh, Maybe from the launch or out of the gate, if Turtles, uh, Shredder's Revenge had, like, a... uh, Mr. X's Nightmare type mode, like a, a specialized mode where mm-hmm. it like puts oh, like a sure. twist yeah, yeah. on the gameplay. Yeah. Um, having like something more like akin to like a challenge mode would have helped because I mean, Sweet Rage Four played it once with like Huber, I had a good time, but I had like no real inkling to play it again. Yeah. But when Mr. X Nightmare came out, I was like, oh man, like this is like that just nature of it like made it very nice to play because like it's like pretty much unwinnable. You're gonna only it's like just how far can you get? Yeah. And the randomness, like the RNG to it, is like really nice. Oh, the the RNG like makes the, a huge like the strategy, like that, which yeah, one right, do you right, want? Which absolutely. perk do you that want makes to a take? Huge and because like, yeah. in the genre at whole, yeah, it's like. Right, because it was born out of the arcade for the most part, it was all the quarter-based thing, like, how far can I get? So in terms of playing beat-em-ups at home, for me especially, it's kind of like similar to the racing genre where what gets you obsessed about replaying it is the same principle of the arcade. You're going to say... Like, how far am I getting on one life? How far can I get through the whole game? And you know what I mean? It's all about perfecting your run, really, the same way you do in a racing game, where Mm -hmm. it's like, it's not a problem that you're rerunning the same levels because it's all about how you flawlessly execute it better and better every time, you know, which is super satisfying for most people, I think, that like beat-em-ups. I know that in terms of playing them over and over because most of them aren't super long either, with exception to these revivals (laughs) that are like... Yeah. yeah, Shredder's Revenge and Streets of Rage were very generous. With the yeah, because that's one of the things I was, you know, I'm wondering because like when you have something like you know, even as as much as they've done with Shredder's Revenge, it's still a pretty simple, quick game to get through, at least on a normal difficulty. Yeah, you get into hard, then it's a little, it's a little and, unfair. Well, it's a little crazy. Yeah, that's the um, interesting thing though, actually, <laughs> about with the, some of these newer ones like Shredder's and Streets of Rage Four having like you know, 15, 16 levels, whatever is twenty. Uh, Streets of Rage, what is it? Almost twenty, I think, or something. Uh, so much longer than most of the classic beat-em-up genre was always like somewhere maybe seven to ten mm-hmm. stages, something like that. And in a way, I gotta say, because in general, that it's the kind of game you when you do play it, you want to kind of run through the whole thing, obviously, you know. So it's kind of funny because these longer games, even though it's great, you love all the levels and everything, in terms of it's like I kind of like getting all the way through in one thing. And when it's 15, I mean, it does take a few. It's a big difference between being like an hour of getting through a game on, you know, mm-hmm. this type mm-hmm. of game to like two and a half hours, whatever, of a beat up is like kind of a long play session. Maybe, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Especially if you're going for that perfected run. It's like you you make some critical errors in stage 14 and you're like, oh, man. But like replaying Cowabunga Collection, for instance, 
I did the same game multiple times on the same day even to just right. be like, I'm going to do it a little better now. And it's only like an hour commitment, so I'm just going to run it again. You know? Yeah. I don't know. It's interesting. Yeah, I think that helps the replayability. is the short length of the older ones, whereas mm-hmm. like Treasure Revenge is on like the longer end. You're the, pretty much yeah. going to, yeah, continue. At, so you're, it's like, yeah. yeah, unlikely that you're going to very often. One thing I thought was disappointing with Shredders is the, the, you know, they implemented this idea of like having side quests or whatever. Oh. Um, and it was just like, find the things so and once basic. you found them it didn't really do anything right not a lot of payoff like, I mean there's any reason to go it, back it gave you a anything. ton of like yeah. experience points essentially to like right. level up like, and they were all right. just so simple and easy yeah. though you pretty much got it I think um, on your first run through yeah I didn't have part, you could... anything like uh, was it like Scott Pilgrim had a bunch mm-hmm. of like secrets like warps and stuff right. like that just like yeah cause that's one thing I was thinking is like you know if you had like more like levels that like branch off more and stuff like Star Fox t- style, you know. It's like okay, if you oh, go right. through yeah, this door, fun. you'll yeah. go off to a different stage than a different, you know, than yeah, going choosing, all the way through. Or, yeah, just choosing paths. I mean, older Castlevania games did this, like just a way to like. Yeah, that would have been good actually. I think. Yeah, I guess Dawn. My, I have one question for you because we're talking about like uh, the earlier question about Golden Age and. Uh, uh, if we're in it or not, um, you talked about like new games coming in, but maybe they're going to the radar. What about uh, revivals? Is there any like popular series that hasn't gotten a revival that you feel mm. like is absolutely deserving of one and should maybe like try and come back? Yeah, there's so many obscure beat 'em ups that I've even I thought I knew about a lot of beat 'em ups, but wow, I've picked up some weird ones on the Switch. Right. Uh, virtual. Well, the arcade archives <laughs> ones, right? Yeah, They've there's some, out, so many. Brought out a lot of those. Yeah. Um, Zero Team. This is a random game. I've been telling people. I just played it. It was so. There's all these random ones like that that aren't necessarily, you know, had a bunch of sequels, but ones that were so good that you're like undiscovered. You don't know that. You know, you never heard of them. They're so good. The action is fast. They have like items and everything, destructible environments and breakable stuff. And this is stuff that came out in the early '90s, late '80s, maybe even sometimes. Zero Team, I believe, is the one. I hope I'm getting this right. I'm almost positive it's Zero Team. Uh, I would love to see a remake of this game because I, I played it recently a few times, ran it through, and it's so fun. Insanely uh, deep, too, for the time. And I would just love to see a take on it. But that's the thing. It's like a risky thing, you know, like some of these other ones. Even uh, what's the well, one? What about, Oni, like... Oni, uh, Okinawa Rush. Oh, yeah. And stuff like that. Game, even, you know, titles like that that got a fair about fair amount of coverage, whatever. It got a little bit of hype. I don't think did, like, fantastic, you know, which is just hard to do for the genre unless it has that mm. nostalgic factor of, like... I wonder... Because um, they made... It's almost like a joke game, right? Remember they did, like, the... The Yakuza Streets of Rage. Oh, that was a, yeah. Like that was kind that of, could be a cool thing to like make awesome a real full idea. game out of. Yeah, right. The execution of that, I for sure was a little disappointing. I thought, but mm-hmm. like the idea was rad. If they did something, I would be like uh, Street. For instance, when they first started showing the very first trailer of Street Fighter Six or whatever, and they, uh, oh yeah, for a brief moment, we're like, oh, is this an inner? And just the idea too, though, like. I loved Subspace Emissary. Yeah. I loved how they executed that so well in Smash and uh, in terms of like making it a 2D side scrolling action, but kind of tweaking each level to kind of be the genre of the character, all that stuff. And I think to do that kind of thing for a Street Fighter or like a well known fighting game that isn't a beat em up at all, as like a, I think like a 2D Street Fighter, even as a mode right. within the game, even without well, a lot of stages. We'll see. Be, uh, on TGS, we're probably going to see this uh, Street Fighter stuff. 
yeah. see what the single player craziness right. is like. Apparently, there's a little something there. I don't know if it's a full flesh like yeah. game or whatever, but I'm curious. Very curious about that. Yeah, and that could be huge then, because then you could be getting yeah brands that are well established, like Street Fighter or whatever, and then the risk would be worth it to develop a nice little beat 'em up because it's got the audience. That'd be so sick. It's a 2D. Uh, so, so what's what's your pick? What's the pinnacle right now? Of what? Of the of beat 'em ups, like what? You know, not best of all time, but maybe like the one that stands out to you the past couple couple years. Things that have been released is, is Streets of Rage for the one. Uh, yeah, I would say probably it probably has to be Streets of Rage four. I mean, it's just so insanely good and so fun to replay. And yeah, the Mister X's nightmare, the addition of that, the randomness and the weapons and everything, so addictive and fun to just get into easily and replay. So I can't think of anyone that's quite been as good as probably Streets of Rage, yeah. I'd have to give it to it. It's great. Isn't it great? Did yeah. we put it? We right, right? It's officially great? Oh, I, oh, I don't know for sure on we, that. Didn't we get it in? But I thought Which he, game? I think Streets Hubert got 4. in Streets of Rage 4 for the Hall of Grades. Two. Did he get I think two? he might have got two. Four? That was two. Got to get four, and he I'd nominated it. I'd be surprised. It. I would yeah. be a little Look, surprised, but I don't think maybe two. <laughs> I'm going to hallofgreats.com <laughs> and checking it out. Keep talking, though. Yeah. Um, yeah, what, uh, I'm trying to think about some of the other things. Because if you're saying, like, the, the IP, the recognition... A golden, is, a golden it, Axe. Golden Axe is a big one. They, re-did, they re-released for the Sega anniversary mm-hmm. a little re- a party or whatever it, it was, was a year ago. It was oh, two. Oh, they got two in. Uh they re-released that like unreleased or they released the unreleased playable level but redoing that. like the there's a good dr- dungeons and dragons one right oh oh would, the would, mist uh, yeah, yeah tower of uh what is it uh tower of mistara or something so it's dang, two games yeah. they're really good those would be sick as hell yeah. the classic capcom ones, oh yeah. my god yeah. and capcom too is another one that just came up with so many ones we remember but then so many other odd ones that you don't know about yeah yeah those like collections excellent. they've been full of Side scrollers yeah. and fighting games that are the just, Dungeons and Dragons yeah. ones would be super jolly because those Chronicles had, of Mistara? Yeah, tow, yeah, Tower of it was a Tower of something and uh, I can't I always forget the names of that Dungeons and Dragons Tower of something. Yeah, and uh, those are nice because they have the little light kind of role playing aspect to them. They have you know a little few items you can get and a couple different things you can carry and stuff. So that kind of thing. Tower of Doom. The yeah. Tower of Doom. That's a good little two-pack. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Don. We can swap back. All right. Next Change. time, you got to promise there will be a Plinko board if you're going to swap. <laughs> also this week, Mr. Battlefield, Lars Gustafsson, is leaving EA and DICE after 22 years. The announcement of this departure came alongside other Battlefield news, uh, including the introduction of Ridgeline Games, helmed by Halo veteran Marcus Leto, uh, who will focus on the narrative development of the Battlefield franchise. So, moving and shaking. They're really wanting to uh, pick things up after last year's kind of Battlefield debacles. I feel like they need Mm -hmm. a a win to get that back on track. Uh, Reports are surfacing that there will be more Assassin's Creed games uh, beyond Mirage shown at Ubisoft's press conference. Uh, since that's happening, before most of you will see this episode, we'll save our discussion for when we actually see those games. Heck yeah. Uh, but be on the lookout. Uh, Crystal Dynamics has taken control of several game franchises, including Tomb Raider and Legacy of Kane, 
From the game's previous owner, Square Enix Limited, Eidos Montreal delivered a similar update regarding Deus Ex and Thief. So those franchises are, are back in the hands of their developers. Uh, this is a very interesting one, even if it doesn't mean much for the average person. Uh, PS5 1200 models have started appearing in Australia. Uh, while it doesn't look different or have different features, it is lighter and uses less power. Uh, Austin Evans did a teardown comparison uh, and found significant changes in the motherboard configuration, heatsink, and other components. Huh. So, tweaking that thing to cost less money. Stealth slim, but not any slimmer. Right. <laughs> uh, NIS America had a small showcase uh, giving new looks at Grim Grimoire uh, once more. Monster Menu, the Scavenger's Cookbook. Grim Pro- Grimoire mo- once more. <laughs> right. Uh, process of Elimination and Void Terrarium 2, which is the full title, Void, asterisk, lowercase t, uppercase r, lowercase r, uppercase l, uppercase m, 2, Parentheses on both sides, and then a semicolon, and then two backslashes, and then Void Terrarium 2. So there you go. Yeah. I think you just say Void Terrarium 2 and ignore the rest, but who knows? Yeah. <laughs> uh, all those games are due to release next spring. Uh, Grim Grimoire's one that's just, yeah, I have fond memories of. That was one of my first game trailers reviews on the PlayStation 2. Uh, so it's inter- it's one of those interesting things, though, because it's like you see this upgrade, and it's like, yeah, it looks like Grim Grimoire. But obviously, like, that was a PS2 game right. in SD. But you, your brain just remembers how, it, you know, the art looked. Yeah. Yeah. And seeing it upscaled and everything else, it just doesn't, it doesn't even register. Even though they've it had to do a lot HD of work to make to it happen. Child's eyes. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cyberpunk 2077 released patch 1.6, uh, which uh, alongside Edge Runners inspired items, it brings a swathe of features to the game including a clothing transmog system, cross-platform progression, uh, playable Roach Race arcade games, <laughs> um, and much more. Uh, they also revealed the first... Roach like the horse? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. I was like, bugs? <laughs> uh, they also revealed the first teaser uh, for the new story chapter called Phantom Liberty, uh, and Keanu Reeves does make appearance oh. in there. We'll make a return in the episode... So look forward to that. Hubert, Hubert just getting started on Cyberpunk Yeah, I was going to say, he's pretty excited about this. Yeah. yeah, It's got good timing. Uh, Mario Kart Tour is getting rid of gotcha elements. There you go. Uh, there's just going to be an item shop. No more random draws. Getting prepared for that Mario Kart 9. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Xbox confirmed the Game Pass friends and family plan that leaked earlier. Uh, It's currently being tested in Ireland and Colombia. It allows you to share a Game Pass subscription among five people as long as you're all in the same country. Uh, While there are no details on when this may come to other territories, it seems like it's potentially going to run about 25 bucks, uh, allowing Uh, you to share with up to four other people. So a savings if you split it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's the point, is to split it. Yeah. Um, we got some UI updates uh, for both Xbox and PlayStation. On the Xbox side, uh, they introduced noise suppression in party chat. 
Uh, so you can silence all the breathing and the music and the controller clicks. That's my favorite part. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, they also um, introduced a thing that they basically stole from Stadia, which I think is hilarious. Uh, so, like, when you share a video on the Xbox whatever dashboard, mm-hmm. uh, there will be, like, a little cloud link, and you just, like, click on that and just start playing that game. Oh. So... Yeah, when your friends see you did some cool thing in Halo or Forza, like click on that, just start playing it in the cloud right away. If they have that uh, Game Pass Ultimate, that's pretty cool. Stadia doesn't need it anymore. (laughs) Yeah, Stadia ain't using it. Uh, On the PlayStation side, uh, they added the 1440p support. Have you tried it yet, Damiani? Nope, not yet. Because I've seen some people saying it's like not working with Uh-oh. certain monitors or whatever. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. So Uh-oh. Some, uh, some back and forth on that. Uh, Does 14, will 14 support it? Huh? I don't, why would I play 14 on PlayStation? I don't know. <laughs> why would you do half the shit you do? Oh, gosh. But uh, anime games. Your, your precious yeah, anime games. Yeah, I can games. play them in 1440 instead of 1080 now. Yeah. Yeah. 1440 waifus. There you go. Uh, PlayStation also got uh, folders. Yo, oh, Huber's catch happy. Catching up to the Switch. Huber's <laughs> happy. <laughs> They're calling them game lists. <laughs> game Why lists. Why do they always come up with different names for these features? So they can monetize them. Uh, uh, you're going to have up to 15 game lists uh, with 100 games per list. Uh, they also have some new social features, like being able to request a feed to watch a friend's game, um, mm. and uh, simpler notifications uh, to join a game. If you're in a party with someone, you can more easily just hop into the game uh, with them that they're okay. playing. Okay, good. So that's nice. Streamline some things. Can they add an option to make long hold PlayStation button right. power off like it used to do? Right. Every time I try to power off, it goes into some kind of weird menu, and I'm like, what the hell am I looking at? I don't need a tutorial about this weird thing. I need you to turn <laughs> off. Uh, and Multiverses added Gizmo from Gremlins, Yo. as well as a sweeping uh, round of uh, balance updates and hit detection changes. Hit detection. Did you see the, the screenshot I put in? Um, so basically, it was no. so funny because Wonder bad Woman, friend. you're a bad was, friend, Damian. Was in this you didn't pose. See that screenshot? No. So Wonder Woman is in this pose, oh, yeah. and there was just like an oval that, like, mostly she was not inside of that used to be her old hitbox. Oh okay. wow! And now the new hitbox actually like traces her body. Oh wow! Okay. So J- that seems like an egregious uh, <laughs> thing that should have been there right away. Yeah, that might explain why Huber thought it was like. But that game's still in weird. beta or whatever too, right? So everything is. Yeah. yeah Does AJ Locasio vo- voice this? I gizmo? don't know. AJ, tell us. He's the Gizmo on. Uh, it's a new I'll, show I'll coming. I'll just ask him. Yeah. I guess. The Mogwai. Yeah, Secrets of the Mogwai. I I looked at his Twitter to see if he mentioned it, but I, he didn't. He didn't have anything about it. So we'll, rem- we'll remind him, and then he will tweet about it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, tell AJ to come this weekend if it's open. Get people hanging out. He's very paranoid about COVID generally. Oh, so. sure. Don't wait for me. I can, I can say love and respect while t- asking AJ questions. Uh, it's time for love and respect. He, oh, he's not in the game. Uh, love, love and respect. respect. Love and respect. I. You were right. Love and respect. I'm sorry. You were right. You were right, Bloodworth. 
Chalk it up. <laughs> friends don't let point, friends text in love and respect. Bloodworth. Oh, uh, Sekiro 505. Uh, hello, allies. Grounded uh, will be coming out this month. Officially. Speaking of things that have been in beta. Uh, will you guys be playing it again? And if so, could you all do like a stream of Grounded every once in a while? Like how Isla did for Valheim. And this is actually something we were talking about. Um, something we were yeah. wanting to add into like a schedule is to fi- find some of these games that we can kind of do some some group, group things uh, on a little bit more regular basis. So we were looking at maybe doing something similar, but Ground is coming up so f- fast that it may be the first one. Sea of Thieves is another one we were talking about. I want to play Sea of Thieves. But yeah, so like just finding another day of the week to do some like remote group things that kind of have some progression going on. AJ's busy this weekend. Progression. No. Nice. But yes, I want to play Grounded. We got to hop back in, see if our old fort <laughs> still I works. I kind of wanted even. to start over. We only played like four or five hours, but yeah. Well, I mean, it'd be. I just want to like, at, at the very least, like pop in and see what it it'd looks like. It'd be so like. funny to see if like our fort's there, but all the textures are different. Yeah, like everything's, yeah. different bugs running around. Yeah, yeah. Just to see. It's like, here's a cat. Oh, the cat just knocked over our whole fort. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> that would be a really funny, like, thing that, to put in that game. Like, if something's out of date, oh, the cat yeah. just walks by and crushes <laughs> it, but it's like there's nothing you can do because it's just resetting it, but that'd be a cute in-world way to do that. But yes, yes is the answer. Grounded, Sea of Thieves, everything. Uh, another one coming up would be uh, Dark Tide. Oh, yeah, Dark Tide. Dark Tide. Yeah, Dark Tide group going. And I guess like Diabolo 4. Mm-hmm. From Jason Wojnar. Are most remakes actually sequels? <laughs> what I mean by this is while many remakes uh, tell a well-known story, they actually make steps to take the series' gameplay in a new direction or evolve previous mechanics. While Last of Us Part 1 and Crash Insane Trilogy are remakes, Resident Evil 2 and Final Fantasy 7 are sequels, or at least gameplay sequels. 7 is a Uh, sequel. Yeah, 7 is a more complicated answer than that. Yeah. Go watch spoiler mode. (laughs) RE2 is like a reimagining, but not a sequel, I would say. Because, like, I I mean, without getting too much into it, Final Fantasy 7 Remake... Is a different game. <laughs> I, the quintessential example to me has always been like the Twin Snakes because it's like mm-hmm. taking a PS1 game, remaking it, but literally taking uh, Sons of Liberty's gameplay and applying right. it to it, but like also taking liberties with the story. <laughs> to, Sons of Liberties? Yeah, Sons of Liberties. Yeah, lots of liberties. Um, <laughs> yeah, but to various degrees of like, you know, enthusiasm. You know, some people hate it, some people enjoyed it, but. Um, Which did you do? I because I wanted Metal Gear on GameCube. I was very excited to play it, and it was really cool to play it with the Metal Gear Solid Two controls. So it felt like oh, like Resident Evil Two remake has yeah. been doing with the new right. Resident Evils. Like it fits into a new like not, not continuity, but like a new kind of like like existence or whatever. Where these are different style of games, but yeah. the original still exists. And that's always been a weird thing because like they've never gone back and retouched Metal Gear Solid One. Um, 
and the the, the, the I, had, I had like I had fun with it, but also it was absurd. There was a lot of ridiculous stuff. But <laughs> yeah. but the better version of Psychomantis's theme is in that one. Ooh, oh. like I, that version of the theme was because they incorporated. I have to call it up. I never played Twins. Leitmotifs from the original versions are in the new versions of their themes. Mm. But like the way they do it in Psychomantis callback is great. It's like really good. Cool. Also, you get to have them troll you about your GameCube save files yeah, this yeah, time. Yeah. Oh, so your PlayStation oh. pulls up. There's yeah, like, so you like super. Smash uh, Brothers. Yoshi is an Autocon's office or something. Yeah, too, right? there's like Yoshi yeah. dolls. Oh, yeah, a game. yeah, there's like Easter eggs. And, you know, Kojima's having fun with it. So those are like fun remakes. I mean, they're the like the what if games. You know what? They need more what if remakes of video games. That's a good point. I mean, yeah. that's what, you know what remake I, kind of is. Yeah. Well, I don't I, like we're, we're, Huber. Reply in the comments. Um, like <laughs> Last of Us, like Huber's never watched Last of, this Last show. of Us Part One remake. Like they should have like changed it completely. They're like, what if things went differently and stuff? Give and you just, a choice at the end. Yeah, like just make us do like <laughs> different stuff. I'm sorry, just wanted. To but no, I, but yeah, I think I mean I think that is a, like a good distinction, right? Because oh, like, yeah, if you yeah, play yeah, yeah. The Last of serious. Us Part One, I mean you're just you're replaying The Last of Us, yeah. you know, with the facelift. Yeah. Whereas if you play oh. Resident Evil Two, like you're not playing Resident Evil Two with the facelift. You're playing a different game. That has similar events to yeah. Resident Evil Two, but it's not. It's like it's how, a very different how game. much has to be changed before, yeah, you you get like that's the debate. Like even mm-hmm. something like Shadow of the Colossus, which most people would argue is just like a huge graphical overhaul, but they did tweak some of the like the controls in the game. Yeah. Like, but they didn't want to go too far that you like lost. Same with like, Demon Souls, where it's like oh, yeah. it just feels way better to have the eight way rolling and stuff like that, but is largely the same game, you know. Yeah. I, I mean, as limited I played, I would say, like, I really enjoyed that, having oh, yeah. playing the original. But, like, there'll be always be purists who are like, well, that's enough to change the game that, like, they like it's just different enough. Well, that, and like, because yeah. of that change, they had to change the way enemy AI stuff worked, too, because it's like, originally you could only roll in four directions, you know. Yeah. So something like there's a middle ground to this. You've got, you got me thinking about the third-person uh, DLC or edition coming to RE8. Oh, yeah. Which I'm very excited for, and it's like... That's sort of like a remake in right. the same release. Like it's just a DLC update, but it's like a cool whole new way to do it. Yeah. It's it's exciting. I don't know. I like that. Um, I was reading a thing when I was looking for headlines. Um, I was reading uh, Night Dive uh, was actually oh. talking about this. I read about it on VGC, but I think it might have been an interview somewhere else. Um, but anyways, they, uh, they were talking about like internally, it was like they had like three different things. Like there's like remaster and then remake and then I think there was something that was in between or like maybe like an even like even more imagining or something like bigger like another term in there but it, it was funny because it's like he was saying like even internally they kind of like go back and forth like about the definition of one versus the other because they have you know done all of these kind of different takes on things that was like us with platformer mm-hmm. and, and <laughs> what's what a was, platformer and even in the midst of like trying to explain it he like he said the wrong one and then caught himself. <laughs> so it's, just like, it's such a funny thing uh, that you know some pe- people will will debate about. Uh, it's also funny when you have like Night Dive is a great example of this because like recently the Blade Runner um, reimagining came out remaster whatever um, and theirs is suboptimal at least right. at release whereas there was a fan uh, modded like version that was phenomenal and similar to silent hill 2 like there's all this rumors and talk and speculation about bloober team or somebody doing Mm. a remaster of silent hill 2 and it's like that would be awesome but 
Silent Hill 2 Enhanced Edition, uh, made by a wonderful community of modders, has already done an incredible job. And it's like, it's just not an official thing. Right. But there are all these modders just doing like these amazing remasters for people for free. It's just, I don't, it's wild to me. I love it. I love that people do that. And then, then when they're better than the real thing, like that's the right. thing is like, yeah. is Enhanced Edition going to be better than Bloober? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. Bloobers will use a whole new engine, I imagine. So it'll be more like the Resident Evil 2 remakes, you know, or the Capcom remakes. But like, God, Enhanced Edition is real good. <laughs> Sorry. Anyway. Uh, yes, I actually found the article here I was referencing. Uh, so this is from, uh, it, okay, so the interview was with VGC. Uh, from uh, CEO Stephen Kick. What a name. Stephen Kick. Stephen Kick. Um, he says, it's really tough, isn't it? We've tried to come up with a definition internally. Uh, based on the work we've done in the past, we've done a little bit of everything at this point. We've done uh, what we like to call enhanced editions. Hmm. I think that's the th- third term yeah. you might have been thinking of. Uh, where you're basically taking the it original start game, with an R, though. making it run on newer operating systems, and then adding some nice quality of life stuff like widescreen support. Uh, Then we've got games like Shadow Man, uh, which we consider a true remaster. Uh, We did all that quality of life stuff and got it running smoothly at 60 frames per second. Uh, But then we did art on top of that, new textures, new models, and even went so far as to work with the original developers to implement stuff that got left on the cutting room floor. Cool. Uh, And then finally, we've got System Shock, which is a ground-up remake. Uh, It's all brand new, but it's still based on the original game, and it's as true to that as we possibly can keep it. and then uh, that makes me think about the. We were kind of talking about this when we were playing Turtles the other day. Mm-hmm. How there was the arcade version, and then the NES version, right. or the arcade version of uh, Turtles in Time, and then the SNES version, or whatever. Where it's like, is this a remake? Because right. they probably couldn't use any of the assets. I mean, they probably just had to redo it with the roadmap. In right? the day, they were called ports. Right. But yeah, what do you but it's call like them a now? full. They just redid the whole game based on what right. they did in the other yeah. one. Yeah. Yeah. This is kind of crazy to think mm. about. Yeah. They, so they technically did remake the game. Uh, in the instance of Turok, there's one, Turok. you know, love, love Turok N64, shout out. Um, <laughs> but uh, in the instance of Turok and some of the older N64 games, if you play our remake, sorry, remaster, uh-huh. slipped up myself there. Uh, if you play our remaster, you're going, Oh my gosh, this is exactly how I remember it. Right. Except it's running at 4K60. We fixed all the bugs and we made it the experience that we yeah. remember. So Well, that's that's exactly what you were talking about before. It's like these these remasters, some games you just want that. You just yeah. want it to feel the way it felt when you were 7. Right. And and yeah. to do that, you make it 60 4K and amazing, but feel and look the same as how it looked on a tiny screen this big and you were a child (laughs) so yeah and then other stuff it's like re2 where it's just like oh this is phenomenal and a whole new ball game yeah or resident or uh final fantasy 7 where you're just like oh look i see what we're doing here so good stuff thank you for the question now let's play a game are you ready for that don there it is From Colin Lutton. Proud of you, Or Luton, I'm not sure. Uh, Halo, person, place, or ship? I love this. I love Halo ship names. (laughs) Hello, allies. The recent Halo Infinite news has been a bummer. 
Uh, but you know it's not a bummer? The Halo books. Uh-huh. I've been getting into the Halo s- novels recently, and if there's one thing I've learned, Halo loves their proper nouns. Yeah, they do. I've got a list of names, some from the games and some f- from the few books I've read, and you have to tell us if it's the name of a person, a place, or a ship. Uh, P.S. Most of these book names uh, come from the Kylo 5 trilogy by Karen Travis and the Forerunner trilogy by Greg Bear. Both I highly recommend. I really hope that there's a person named, like, Fall of Integrity. (laughs) (laughs) All right. First one's an easy one. Guilty Spark. That's technically a person, right? Person, yeah. Sure. The AI <laughs> monitor of yeah, the Halo Yeah, it's like an AI, board. but it's... Yeah. If we're limited to those three, it's... AKA, the floating bowl guy. Yeah. High Charity. That's a ship. Wow. I, I think. I think. Was Halo. I watched a video oh, about all the lore... Don, you can guess too, by the way. Before playing Infinite. Uh, sure. That's my Halo I'd knowledge. Sh- okay, that's... Un- I mean, it sounds like a ship. I'll go with ship. I think it's a, ch- a ship. Place. Damn it! Uh, Covenant capital city. Uh, Don screwed me up. A giant space colony <laughs> capable of slipstream jumps, so leader's choice if ship is also acceptable. Space colony counts as a <laughs> ship. That's a station. <laughs> That's no moon. That's a space station. Pious Inquisitor. That's a person. Uh... Or a ship. A ship. <laughs> I'll go a ship this time. It's a ship. Ah! Covenant Dreadnought that was stolen after the war and purchased by human insurrectionists. Dang. Awesome. This is a crazy... Okay. Born Stellar makes eternal lasting. Please be a person. Yeah. Oh, please be a person. Place? Person. Woo! <laughs> A young forerunner who was the prospective character of the book Halo Cryptum. He would later take the title of Isodidact. Oh. He would later take the title of James. (laughs) (laughs) Onyx. Pokemon. (laughs) Yeah, trick question. Pokemon. Uh, Place? It's a place. Woo! (laughs) An artificial planet built by the Forerunners that may have been a shelter from the Flood, but was mysteriously unused. Uh The Forerunners are crazy. The shit they got up to is nuts. Halo 1, second (laughs) go-round of, like, reality, basically. Crazy time. I, I was following Huber around a lot in Halo that's what I remember. Yeah. <laughs> Chant to green. Please. Chant to green? Chant to green. To the number? No, to T-O. Uh, person? But I really hope it's a person. I'll say ship just so we're diversified. Person. Oh, yeah! A forerunner, one of the few to survive the firing of the halos. She briefly held the title of life shaper mm. after the librarian. So she's a life shaper, which means she chants to green? Like if she chants, things grow? I don't know. There's no, uh, there's no point in trying to make sense of it again. In amber clad. Ship? Oh, I hope that's a person. Uh, Ship. Yeah, okay. The UNSC frigate commanded by Miranda Keys. 
Their ship names are so good. Yeah, that's a good name. Cartographer. That's a person. Oh, I yeah. It's a place. I. The facility in a forerunner installation oh. containing the silent cartographer. Oh, which is okay. Oh, all right, okay. Uh, the silent cartographer. I've heard. I was like, I got excited because I knew I've heard cartographer. I was like, I know that one. I've I think it. Sarah might have voiced heard that it. character. Voice somebody. Port Stanley. That's a person. <laughs> uh, I think it's a place. It's a ship. Damn it! A UNSC stealth prowler used by Oni Team Kylo 5. That's from the books. Just a couple more. Black Box. Um, Hell, that could be any of them. Let's say person, because it's the weirdest. Yeah, I'll go with the place. Person. The personal AI of the head of Oni, Margaret Parangoski. Love that. Sarah was... Despondent Pyre oh. in Halo Infinite. Got it. Uh, Harvest. I think that's a place. Ship. That's a place. Yeah. First human colonized planet to be discovered and attacked by the Covenant. Last one, Catalog. I think that's a place, too. Person. Could be an AI. Person. You both kind of right there with the last comment. Uh, technically a collective of forerunner juridical agents. Oh, right. But okay. a cultural convention has all individuals in the collective considered to be the same being. Like the As Borg. they have foregone their bodies and personalities as an act of penance. It's brutal. <laughs> it's time for bets. <gasps> this week's bet, tonight, Splatoon 3 is out. Next Tonight. Wednesday... I'm going to go into the streets of Splatsville. I'm going to count all of the smaller jellyfish wandering around the hub. The little short ones. The taller variations, they don't count. Just the small guys. <laughs> How many small jellyfish will I find? Isla. 26. Damiani. I bet 11 and I wagered smiley face <laughs> <laughs> what what show is that where they do that where, is that Celebrity Jeopardy Jeopardy yeah uh, they... SNL John yeah. <laughs> I went with 17. 17 look at that beautiful art man I went high at 39 we've got the highs mm-hmm. yeah the high end we've got pretty locked in there mm-hmm. Uh, last week's bet, Disney Dreamlight Valley uh, released <laughs> oh, in early one. access Tuesday, September 6th. Oh. Uh, it uses Moonstones for its currency, and the standard edition comes with 8,000 Moonstones. I asked how many Moonstones would the most expensive item in the shop cost on day one. Brad bet 20,000. Isla bet 42,000. Oh. I bet 71,000. Good heavens. So I put in a couple of hours. Oh, yeah, it was only three of us. This game was pulling us in. Pulling us. me in. Yeah, okay, well, there you Brandon, go. too. Oh, okay. But, uh, but yeah, the uh, I just just trying to like figure out like when I would get Moonstones, where optional shops might be. I wanted to make sure. I had asked Brandon, but I wanted to see, too, for sure, to like... When you unlock Scrooge McDuck's shop, that like everything in there is coins and not moonstones as well. Okay, okay. You know, um, but 
On day one, at this point,、uh, Moonstones only get you onto the Premium Star Path. <laughs> Oh. Uh, which is the game's version of a battle pass. Oh, Lord. So, wait, the Moonstones are the real life currency money? Eventually, right now you can't buy them, but eventually I think you、okay. will be able to. Okay.、No um, but,、uh, yeah, so. The, zero? The, the battle pass, the star pass right now is、uh, they have a bunch of Pixar themed items.、Oh. And so, on the, while you're on the star path, if you do these challenges and things. Um, do the accomplishments in the games. Kind of like how the things that you do like daily in Animal Crossing, like yeah, the yeah, mild yeah. rewards. And on, on the star path, you get、uh, like the, the little、uh, toy balls with the star on them. Oh, like Pixar? Yeah, the yeah, Pixar、okay. balls. Yeah.、Um, and if you have enough of those, then you can unlock different outfits and you can actually unlock more moonstones, which is funny. It's like, so I spend moonstones to get on the premium star path. Which then allows me to get more moonstones, but not enough to make up for the moonstones I spent. Okay.、Uh, <laughs> anyways.、Um, How many currencies are in this bloody game? There are two options there. So you can either spend 2,500 moonstones to simply unlock the premium star path, or you can spend 4,100 moonstones to unlock the premium star path and get 100 star balls. <laughs> Uh-huh. Uh, once the up path is unlocked, you can get more moonstones.、Uh, you can buy more moonstones, but there's no items available for purchase directly. So that 4,100 is the most expensive thing,、uh, which means Brad taking that low is the winner, and Damiani is in Brad's seat. Bringing our scores to Massive Chubs, 17. Splish! <laughs> Melodorous Sea Lions, 17. Arr, 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 arr. What are we at? 17. Both 17? 17 yep, tied、oh、it up. Oh my goodness. Let me tell you about patreon.com slash easy allies.、Uh, Patreon is how we are funded.、Uh, basically, if you enjoy this video, if you enjoy our reviews, if you enjoy that Dreamlight、oh. Valley impressions video with Brandon Jones, all of that is paid for and funded by viewers. And listeners, just like you.、Uh, so head over there. Probably and, some unlike you. Yeah. Yeah, some different people in there.、Uh, <laughs> some, I think there's、uh, someone who left a love and respect comment that, like, they're watching from, from Nigeria, you know? And, and <laughs> That's different a, from、uh, someone not in Nigeria. Yeah. yeah. And there's a guy、uh, in the community uh, tab uh, from Puerto Rico. So people from all over the place. All over the place. Yeah. Um, and、uh, you get different perks there on Patreon as well.、Uh, at the $1 tier,、uh, you get this podcast ad free,、uh, and、uh, you get two extra love and respect questions, including a, a somewhat pseudo singing of myself in a game that we just did. <laughs> this month, Bloodworth sang. Not really. If that's the. Oh, it was. That wasn't、beautiful. really singing, but yeah. If that doesn't entice you to become a patron, <laughs> I don't know what would. Uh, and at $5,、uh, you get early access. You get to submit to Love and Respect and Workout Buddies.、Uh, and you get in on our Discord、uh, with a bunch of different channels in there. You can talk about movies. You can talk about F1. You can talk about、uh, video games. You can drop in clips. You can talk about video game news, all kinds of stuff happening in that Discord. There's lots of Discord activities too, like monthly top tens and,、mm-hmm. and stuff like that.、Uh, music playlists yeah, they're, now they're curated.、Up. It's good stuff. Really good stuff. Also, this whole weekend, easy chilling. We're going to be hanging out 
Um, Hell so, yeah. Yeah, if you're, if you're getting this on Sunday, there's, there's still a good 12 hours of easy chilling to go. <laughs> so head over there. Oh, uh, God. It's also going to be fundraising. So you can drop in and see the bar go up a little bit. And uh, it'll be a good time. Lots of, lots of crazy stuff happening all weekend. And at the top tiers of our Patreon, we've got our shout-outs. This month's shout-outs go to Jabowavs, El Thanis, Greg, the Dark Knight Kettering, and Anacroth. Shout-out! Damiani. Oh, boy. You're in the winner's seat. Mm-hmm. You get to promote any Easy Allies video you'd like to promote. You get the final word on anything you've disagreed with, want to reiterate, or just popped in your head right now. And you get to sign off with your trademark sign-off. Cool. So, Blood did due diligence and took the thing I was going to say, because I was going to also say stop now and go watch Easy Chillin' right now. Yeah. So, because I've also been uh, away for over a week, so I don't know any videos that are up. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I got a good one coming out on Saturday. Okay, mm-hmm. say it. It's a secret. Oh, okay, yeah, so yeah, yeah. secret I love video. If you know the summer events. It's a trend. There's a yeah. trend. Mm-hmm. Every easy living slash chilling. There also you go. not Real entirely weird predictable. One. Oh, yeah, no. There you go. Um, final word. Uh, I think it's popped in my head. You know what? Let's hope there's a Nintendo Direct next week. <laughs> <laughs> uh well, let's hope it's not the day that you do the other thing, but yeah. Oh, I highly doubt. But uh, let's let's hope maybe it just happens because <laughs> everyone keeps saying they're happening and they don't happen. <laughs> so I'd like it to happen. So yeah, I feel like we hope there's one every week. Yeah, it's like yeah, like this. How long we're just not gonna know Breath of the Wild's title? It's like yeah. sequel. It's like, sure. that's what it's called. Yeah, the sequel to it's Breath of the Wild. If it's just called Breath of the Wild too, and it's like. That is going to be hilarious. That will be the best. That would be that w- I actually really, would applaud that. I would stand really up and good. applaud that. For the, <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, until next time, may the way the hero lead to the Triforce. They've been mainlining rabbits. <laughs> Straight to the veins. Uh, dark tide. Oh, yeah. Dark tide. Dark, dark tiger's gone.